You're listening to Brave and Boss episode 18. On this episode, I am so excited to have a creative strategist who specializes in creating high converting, high impact ads for Facebook. So grab a notebook and a pen because this is a good one. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the seven-figure ethical fashion brand Encircled, host of this podcast, B-School mentor and business coach. I am so excited. If you are a repeat listener, thank you for joining me again. If you are brand new to the podcast, yay, what a great episode for you to start with. I am really excited for today's interview. I've had just a a really great lineup of guests lately and they've all been coming to me fairly organically which is amazing so I really with this podcast my goal is to teach you as much as possible and you know I'm not an expert in all the areas so bringing in people who are really specialized is such a huge benefit not only for me but for you too so this is one of those episodes where I think you're going to learn a lot so you're going to want a notebook you're going to want a pen um, and you're going to want to take some notes because we're going to be talking all about ad creative. And that is an area which I know a lot of you struggle with. I struggle with it as well. Like, what do you write in an ad? What are the best images? Should I do a video? What should I put in that video? So I'm going to introduce today's guest shortly. But before I do that, I just want to mention that I have a new free training up. If you want to get it, I'll put the link in the show notes. You'll just have to click through to my website to get it. It's an email marketing masterclass training. So it'll share five ways that you can 5X your revenue. Really exciting, totally free. You just need to opt into emails to get it. And it's a 60 minute training where I teach you all about email marketing. And then there's a little special offer at the end if you wanna continue on and take my email marketing masterclass, which is available for you and open all the time, 24 seven. So let's kick it off. And I'm gonna introduce you to today's guest. So Lauren Schwartz is from California. She's a thought leader in creating profitable creative strategies for e-commerce brands. She's a design professional with over 15 years of experience. Over the last eight years, she's been working specifically in digital marketing. So she's super experienced. Lauren's passions lie in creating top performing ad creatives. She's personally led the creative strategy for top brands such as Love Wellness, APL, ColourPop, Our Place, and Leaf Shave. She is obsessed with design and creative strategy, and in her downtime, she enjoys teaching others profitable creative methodology and focusing on DTC advertising, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and Pinterest. So please join me in welcoming Lauren to the show. All right, so I'm really excited to welcome today's guest. Her name is Lauren Schwartz. She is a creative strategist for e-commerce brands, especially focusing on Facebook ads. So welcome, Lauren, to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm thank excited you to be so here. For, yeah, thank you so much for being here. This is really exciting. I've never had a creative strategist on here. So <laughs> definitely looking forward to digging into that side of Facebook marketing because we had Shelby Fowler on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who really specializes in kind of ad setup and strategies. So I think this is a great complement to that episode. Perfect. Yeah, I'm really excited. 
Awesome. So let's start off since many of my audience might not know who you are. So maybe just start off with an intro, like tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get started in this specific area of business and what's your background? Yeah. So I have been in the e-commerce space for a little over 15 years. I've designed everything from landing pages, email marketing, and you know, most recently I had come from an agency where I was really focused on paid media for Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, over the last probably eight years, I've really kind of dove into that. And it's just been awesome to kind of learn this sort of technique and, you know, this sort of like strategy and design style. And really, I kind of fell in love with it. It was, you know, for me, it's kind of like a game when it comes to paid media and really trying to figure out what creative can win and outperform each other. So, you know, every client I work with, I always tell them like, all right, like this is a game, like, let's see what can win. <laughs> so, you know, basically I've been doing that for the last couple of years and just most recently started my own business, working with my own clients and really helping them scale their accounts with creative and creative strategy. So yeah, it's been awesome. Great. That's really a great intro. I'm just curious, like, what do you see a difference between creative and creative strategy? Like, how do you distinguish between those? Is one of them more around like creating actual assets for ads and one of them's more about an overall brand strategy or how does that work? Yeah. So for my clients, it kind of differs for them. So on, on some of the clients I work with, I work more on a creative strategy for them. So basically what that means for paid advertising is they already have an in-house design team. And basically I work with them to take a look at their ad account, figure out what their you know best performing creatives are. And essentially what we do together is we work together to build out these kind of what we like to call super ads, where we take the knowledge that we have from their best performing creative and we create new versions of this and iterations off of what's best performing and kind of put them into a new creative testing campaign. So I really kind of come up with that strategy for them where, you know, I write the copy for them, help them pick out the creative assets to use and basically kind of give them a script. And then the designers that they have in-house will basically execute those. And then some of the clients I work with, I actually do both of that together for them. So I actually come up with the strategy for them. And then I also build out the ads and design the ads myself and send them to them each week. That's really neat. Thank you for breaking that down. And that really simplifies it and totally makes sense to me. So tell me a little bit about the businesses that you work with. Like I know you're specializing in e-commerce, but do you specialize in any verticals or do you just work with any brands that kind of are a fit with your values? Like how do you work together with clients in that way? Yeah. So most of the clients I work with, you know, I have some pretty long-standing clients. Like I said, they're pretty much in, you know, the e-commerce space. I have actually a lot of skincare brands. For some reason, I seem to attract that sort of skincare client. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because I'm a female and it just kind of makes sense, but I do have a lot of skincare clients. And then, you know, I have a pretty wide range of clients I work with anywhere from health supplements to an actual, like I work with a phone case company and then a shave company where it's actually, they're selling a sustainable product for a razor. And so again, like I really, what I like to do when I work with clients is I like to work with clients, have some longevity with them. I don't necessarily like to just kind of do a one and done client. I really like to build that relationship with them and really help them, you know, execute these creatives and really scale their accounts. Because really at the end of the day, like I like to look at myself 
you know, for them as part of an extension of their team. And so for me, it's just really important to build those relationships with those clients and really just help them, you know, grow their business essentially. Yeah, I think that's really smart because a lot of early stage e-commerce businesses wouldn't be able to afford a full-time creative strategist in their business (laughs) or even a full-time ads manager. So using freelancers or contractors or agencies is such a a great way for brands to get that quality level of advertising strategy, both on the creative and I guess the media buying side without having to like put forth a salary for like six figures to hire somebody in the team, which is often really unrealistic at the stage for a lot of our listeners. So like speaking of our listeners, a lot of them are just kind of starting out with paid advertising. So they're just getting their feet wet. You know, a lot of them are kind of managing their own ads. So they're always looking for ideas around creative because I think that can be a big block for entrepreneurs. Speaking personally too, like when I used to manage our ads, like writing about the brand was just like, oh, this is the worst. (laughs) I hate talking about the brand. I was so bad at it. So in terms of like creative, like where do you start with that? Like, and I guess what role does copy versus creative play, like the actual visual creative? Yeah, so it's really funny because, you know, a lot of brands, especially e-commerce brands, you know, they're selling a product to you. And so a lot of times, like when I look at their ad accounts and I look at the creative, they kind of take the features and the benefits and they basically put them all into one. And they think that a feature is the same as a benefit. And a lot of times, like that's not the case. Like when you're talking about your brand and you're talking about a product, like the thing that you really always need to focus on is that a feature is what that product actually does, how it works. And the benefit is essentially how it you know, works for you, how it benefits your life, how it makes your life better. So really when I'm talking to my clients, a lot of times, you know, the main thing that I tried to pull out of them, which is really hard as a business owner, because you're so in the weeds with your everything that's going on in the business, it's hard to kind of break down each section. So really what I like to do is I kind of like to break it down as like, you know, on the prospecting level where explain your product to me or explain your brand to me as if you were talking to a child. Because really, you know, you have to make it so easy and so simple for a consumer to understand. Because within creative and within, you know, the paid media space, you only have seconds to grab people's attention. And so making things very clear and easy is the main thing you need to do. So when you're actually working on your piece of creative, you know, having the copy that actually is on the creative, making it very clear what you're trying to convey within that message. And then also the copy that goes on the Facebook ad itself, the text copy, making it very clear what you're trying to convey to the consumer as well. So essentially what I like to try to do is just break it up in that way. So you talk about on the prospecting level, you know, basically like you're talking to a child, just like make it super, super clear, easy to understand. And then as you kind of go down into the funnel, so remarketing, re-engagement, that's where you can kind of tell a little bit more of your story, you know, introduce a little bit more of, like I said, the features and the benefits, really just kind of, you know, tell why this person should purchase this product you know, and you don't necessarily have to make it so 
simple at that point, you can have a couple re-engagement ads or remarketing ads that kind of break it up into different sections so that people can kind of learn about your story and learn about the brand with each ad that they get served. You know, eventually over time, they'll start to understand like, oh, this is really simple. I get this product and I want to purchase it. And then again, that's where you have everything on your landing page that makes it all clear, you know, one more time before they actually hit that add to cart button. Wow, you just dropped a lot of knowledge in that one, <laughs> one, little, <laughs> one little segment there. That's amazing. I hope everybody's taking notes because that was awesome. So features versus benefits. Yes, 1000%. This is a big, big struggle. I used to do a lot of coaching and I would often ask my coaching clients on their intake forms to like describe their business in one sentence. And most people were not able to do that. Like it would be like a paragraph. So oftentimes when I was working in corporate, we, (laughs) this is such a horrible story to tell, but (laughs) when we were explaining things to like really high up executives, they would say, pretend you're explaining it to like a four year old Yeah, because they're like so removed from the business that they don't care what the toothpaste, you know, flavor is like, they just, really want to know what the impact is on the business. So like really being able to elevate that copy to what the person wants in that stage of their journey, I think is such a valuable point that you made. And that's something I see, I would say founders making mistakes with initially for sure with paid advertising, serving up the same copy to somebody who's never heard of your brand and somebody who knows your brand. Like that's a really easy fix, I think, to really pivot that copy. And like you said, speak to them like in the most simplistic way about your brand and test it. I think testing that on somebody who doesn't know your brand is so valuable. Of course, Facebook will give you feedback in the form of all those comments you get on ads, but it's better to test it before that and have somebody read it back, I think, to see if it even makes sense. Because oftentimes we're talking to ourselves when we're writing copy. Right. So the more we can kind of frame that in the eyes of the customer, I mean, that makes so much sense. Cool. So tell me about in your experience, like what's kind of performing well right now for your clients? Like, is there a certain type of format of ad or is video kind of outperforming static images or GIFs versus like carousels? Like, are there any hacks or tips you can give around that? Yeah, for sure. So obviously, you know, video is still prevalent, you know, with the rise of reels and, you know, TikTok and all that kind of stuff. It's definitely, you know, video user generated content or UGC is still very prevalent within paid advertising. I've actually been noticing that shorter versions are also well outperforming too. So, you know, in 2020, we had kind of this 15 second time to gather your attention. And we had a, you know, 15 seconds is actually a lot of time when you're talking about an an ad creative but now I've actually been seeing the time get shorter. So we've actually been testing a lot of videos where they're between six to 10 seconds. So you actually have a shorter period of time to actually grab that person's attention and get them to click. So it's been kind of crazy to test all of these different variables lately with video, but you know, video is still super prevalent. And then honestly, static images are still top performers as well. I think a lot of times, you know, business owners, they get so caught up in wanting to make these crazy video, you know, productions and, you know, these video type content pieces. But really, like, if you have a great static image, all you have to do is just really, you know, overlay some great text on the creative. 
and just like, you know, really talk about what that product is, you know, because most of the time a static image, if you have a great lay down, it shows your product within the first three seconds. And if you just have like one clear call out or one clear head like on the actual creative, you know, it just it's very simple to understand. And people will look at it and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And they'll click on it. So I would definitely say like video and, you know, video is obviously still prevalent and static images don't ever underestimate your static imagery. Yeah, that's such an important point. It sounds like I was cruising on your website before we started this interview and you've definitely done a lot of creative with text on Facebook ads. I think those are what they were, which, which yeah. is interesting because at one time Facebook was really penalizing you for putting text on ads. And now it yeah. seems like that rule has been removed. So have you seen like a bit of a boost in performance from putting more text? Like, does that catch somebody's attention more than like perhaps the copy actually in the actual ad description? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you think about it, like you're scrolling through your, your feed, your Instagram feed or Facebook feed, And, you know, what's the first thing that always grabs your attention, the image or the video that you're trying to see. And then as you kind of look at it, you know, view the image or look at the video, the next secondary thing that you look at is the text copy. So if you kind of have that, you know, clear image with like kind of a punchy headline, people are going to notice that before they notice the Facebook text copy. And that's always something that I tell, you know, all my clients is that let's get really good product photography because that's what's going to kind of pull those customers in as opposed to, you know, having just like basically having the, the, the copy within the text. So it's just making it like super clear and having that, you know, really punchy headline that is on the actual piece of creative that that really, you know, kind of drives that click. Yeah, I've heard a lot about like stopping the scroll and the fact that like, I guess Facebook and Instagram can tell when you're like slowing down, which is not surprising. Yeah, I think they're listening to our conversations now, probably. (laughs) And I'm going to get an ad for something that we've talked about (laughs) um, on my feed in two seconds, but that they're able to tell when you kind of hover even over an ad or if you slow down near an ad when you're scrolling. Um, So definitely that speaks to the fact that like imagery still is really valuable. And I think also to that point, you kind of have to test a few different things to see if it works. Cause it won't be, it won't be the same for everybody. Like, you know, right. a flat lay may, may work better for somebody. Whereas we found specifically with one product, it works better when the product is actually cropped really close. So you can't see mm-hmm. the model's head. Whereas yep. other products, you know, it's better when you can see the model's head, like it's just so different. So it's just a lot of test and learn. I find with Facebook ads overall, and then obviously within that campaigns, you know, creative and all that kind of stuff, testing as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like the, the brilliant thing about Facebook is that you can have that sort of, you know, creative testing campaign strategy where basically that's, that's what you do. Essentially you, you build all of your ads first in a creative campaign a creative testing campaign, learn to see which ones do better, and then basically move those into kind of a super campaign where you already know that those are winning ads and then taking those learnings and basically retesting things with the same sort of directive, but kind of in like a new approach. Mm, Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. Like what would a creative testing campaign look like versus a super campaign? Is the difference just like the budget is smaller? No. So actually that's, I mean, essentially what that is, is when we do our creative testing campaigns, we really like to test heavily. We kind of do like, I want to say like 70, 30 split. So mostly, you know, a lot of the, te- the campaigns are going or the budget's going towards your testing campaigns. Cause you really want to learn, you know, as much as you can, 
as quickly as possible. And so you basically put your budget towards your testing campaigns, really get that traction seen, what the audiences are clicking on, what the click-through rate is. And then essentially when you find that out, then you move those into the campaigns that you know that this is, you know, you already have your really solid audience, you have your solid piece of creative, and then you put those into the super campaigns. And then when you go to take the learnings from those campaigns and build out new pieces of creative, usually what I like to do for testing is I like to make iterations off of the best performing. So Mm -hmm. that could be basically taking the first three seconds and changing the video within the first three seconds, or maybe taking the copy that's on the creative and changing up the the copy that, you know, comes in first within the first three seconds. So it's not necessarily remaking an entirely new ad, but taking the best performers and making small tweaks and small iterations to test new ideas and new angles, you know, within the first three seconds to see why people are actually clicking on those ads in particular. And then that's a good way to test new copy as well. You can take that first three seconds, you know, make it a headline on the actual Facebook ad or, you know, copy that's in the creative and put it onto the Facebook text. So a lot of times I think people, you know, when they build out their campaigns, they think I, you know, I constantly have to come up with new ideas. I have to come up with new pieces of creative and new copy. And, you know, it's just like, it's very overwhelming to people, but really at the end of the day, like if Facebook already is telling you what's working, then take what it's telling you to do and just make small tweaks to it. And then really at the end of the day, you can have these great campaigns that can just ride through, you know, your entire, the life of your business, basically. Yeah, that's such a great point. I think there's a lot of pressure to always refresh ads, but you know, some of the best performing creative we've used, like we had one ad running for like almost three years that was doing really well up until like probably about six months ago. So we would just iterate off of that and we would play around with then switch the photo or then we'd like maybe switch the copy and keep the photo just to see what would work to keep it a bit fresh. But you don't have to like, I guess, to your point, reinvent the wheel all the time. It's just about making subtle tweaks um, to make sure that the metrics are improving on the campaign. So tell me about like, what are some of the metrics that you look to for your clients in terms of um, considering when an ad like a creative ad is doing well, like you already mentioned, I think click through rate, but is there anything else that you're looking at? Yeah. So again, I like to look at the click through rate because obviously that, you know, that's a huge indicator. And then I also like to test, like if there's a video that we put into the account, I really like to test video view time as well. If someone's watching your ad for longer than three seconds, then at least, you know, like they're looking at the copy, they're trying to understand what the product is, and then they're clicking. So a lot of times, you know, I'll put ads into the account and really like, I'll only get them like, it'll only take a second. And then they don't, you know, they either don't click through. So the click through rate isn't really that great. Or, you know, they kind of fall off as far as, you know, wanting to go into the to the website. But if I can get them to go a little bit longer, you know, past three seconds, at least I know their video watch time is getting a little bit longer and they're starting to be become a little bit more engaged into what I'm talking about. And then along with the click-through rate, if they've actually clicked through the ad and that's increasing as well, like basically taking those two metrics and viewing them to see, you know, when they're actually clicking through and how long they're actually watching the video time. 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think with video views, the interesting thing is a lot of people don't know that you can retarget people who viewed a certain percentage of your video as well. So that can be, you know, a really great retargeting audience that you can hit with kind of different creative, I guess, down the funnel. But yeah, you're definitely scaring me with this like six second, six second, 10 (laughs) second, 15 second um, that you've mentioned about, um, you know, I think on your, your website, you talk a lot about telling your story in 15 seconds or less. And that sounds really freaky. Like, I don't even know if I could do that. And I consider myself pretty good at e-commerce. So what are some of the key steps or things a business owner can do in like 15 seconds? And how do they figure out what to even put in an ad that would be that short? Yeah. So again, I think the brilliance of, you know, IG reels and TikTok is that if you actually look at TikTok, you know, that's all video content. So I have actually been looking a lot to TikTok influencers and just kind of seeing what they're putting out there. Because when you think about it, they're so, they have to grab you within that first second. So I like to call it like the zero second, basically. So what's going to keep, you know, keep me on their feed to keep watching their TikTok or what am I going to do just to continue to scroll past it? So I think the brilliance of TikTok is that they're very quick with their transitions. They understand how to get that product in your face as quickly as possible. And so I think a lot of times, you know, with new business owners, they obviously are so excited to talk about their product. They want to get as much information as they can in one ad. And really, when you think about it, you have to kind of break down your creative into like different pieces. So like I said, you have the value prop ad where it's talking about, you know, you have one ad just talking only about the features. You have one ad that's only talking about the benefits. You have another one that's doing mostly UGC. And then another one that's having all of your reviews or your testimonials. So really you have a couple different ad creatives that you can test and see which ones kind of resonate with your customer. And again, you can take those, you know, those pieces of creative and you can condense them down within, you know, 15 seconds. So having your value prop ad, you can take the features and talk about them in less than 15 seconds. Like you don't have to get every single piece of information in your ad and have this, you know, five minute ad creative or even one minute to be honest, but just really condensing down, really breaking down those key points, making sure you're making it very clear to the consumer and just having it within that 15 seconds. Um, I think that's kind of how you can think about making your creative and how you can talk about, talk about breaking it down. And then always I tell my clients, we always need to make sure that you show the product within the first three seconds. Because again, people are scrolling so fast on their feeds that even if they aren't interested in your product, they'll at least see your product within that first scroll. And by then they can either say, okay, yes, I want to look at this or no, I want to bypass it. So always make sure you have your product within that first three seconds. Yeah, that's such a great tip. It's really about editing, I guess, because I think a lot of us when we're just starting out because we're creating these, like we're competing against really big brands typically in our space. So we always feel the need. I think personally, I've done this with my brand to like oversell the benefits, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, working with us and, you know, tell about all the great things and amazing things they'll love about Encircled. When in reality, like focusing in on that one thing is really 
most important. And that one thing that's going to drive click through, I think is also important. And that comes back to understanding your, your dream customer and really what they're most interested in from your brand. Because I think a lot of us, like, I think a great example is sustainability because I run a sustainable brand and we love talking about it, but in ad copy, it never performs very well. Right. And <laughs> one thing I found out was I was listening to how I built this and they were interviewing the guys who founded Method okay. Cleaning Products. And he was talking about that, like from a sustainability perspective, people really want to hear what's in it for them. They don't mm-hmm. want to hear about, you know, the fact that you're like, there's one tree saved for every shirt bought. Like they want to hear what, why that matters to them. So always reframing things, I think is really important. And then dialing back to what really matters. Cause like people don't buy our products only because they're sustainable. Like what is the most important reason why somebody buys your product? Like really asking yourself that question and being honest with it. And oftentimes I find like customer reviews are like really helpful for digging into some of that language and taking some of that language from the reviews directly and integrating them into your ads can be like a really great way of simplifying your value prop because it's exactly your customer saying it right back to you in a way that they would speak to. <laughs> no, exactly. Everything you just said, listen to that because that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I just need to execute it. But I think that like three second putting the product up front, that is like an incredibly valuable tip for the listeners that, you know, and I think also too, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but a long time ago, I met this director of marketing from this like temporary tattoo business. And he told me that like some of his best performing creative on Facebook were actually ads shot on like iPhones. Like they weren't necessarily super overproduced. They were just really like punchy and they felt like kind of native to the feed and really just talked about the unique like benefits of like getting these like temporary tattoos or whatever versus a permanent one. So how do you feel about like people who are just kind of starting out and don't have like budgets to do like full on like set shoots and stuff like that and maybe have to use their iPhone? Can they create something that's like usable for ads or do they need to like really hire somebody out? No, I think that is such a great segue into user generated content because again, like that is what people like. Unfortunately, as a business owner, you have to sell your product. That's just a given. But consumers, unfortunately, don't like to be sold to. And so what I like to think as far as user-generated content goes is that you're shooting it on your iPhone. It's kind of like you're talking to your friend and telling them about the product that you just found and saying why you love it. And again, I think that's why TikTok and IG Reels and IG Stories are just so great because again, it's, you know, people sharing what they have, like sharing the products that they, you know, have purchased and saying why they love it. And I think that's why they do so well is because you can just shoot it on your iPhone and take that and kind of put it into an ad. And for me, like those are always the best performing creatives. Anything that looks super native to the feed always outperforms any high production shoot that we have. And again, like, it's okay to have those things. I'm never saying, you know, if you can afford it, I'm never saying don't do it. But at the end of the day, like always make sure that you do get those sort of video shots that are just shot on your phone. And, you know, a lot like the phones nowadays, like they're so great. And the video is so great on it (laughs) that it's like, you don't necessarily need this like crazy camera in order to shoot this sort of product. And there's so many, you know, video editing apps on your phone that you can use that are great that, you know, you don't have to spend a fortune on and you can edit everything within your phone. And, you know, you can make these great ads that look really native to the feed on a super, super low budget. 
That's such a great segue. So I'd like to like tap into your brain a little bit and talk about apps and tools that you swear by for, you know, making creative assets. And are there any that you can recommend, I guess, to the audience if they're going to DIY it? Like what are some of your faves for that? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the one I mostly use is Canva. Canva's great. Mm, I feel like anyone, yeah, (laughs) you know, the free account, the premium account, it's such a great platform. They have made it so easy for people to use if you aren't a designer. There's so many templates on there. And then another one that I actually really like is called CapCut. So that one's a great video editing tool because you can slice the videos, you can add text, you can add music. It's very, very user-friendly. It's a great app. I actually edit some of my videos on CapCut because it's just quicker for me. Like if I'm out and I'm shooting something, um, you know, content for a client, I will be out, I'll shoot the content. And then basically I'll edit it on my phone while I'm sitting there and like I already have an ad done and I don't have to like go home and, and worry about anything. And then another one is Life Lapse, which is a really great stop motion app. So a lot of times like people I know, you know, want to have these great kind of stop motion gifts, but one, they either don't know how to do it or two, you know, they don't want to pay, you know, this photographer to kind of do the cuts for them. The great thing about Life Lapse is that it does everything within your phone and it's very, very user-friendly and they have a bunch of tutorials on there to show you how to actually shoot it on your phone and how to actually make the edits. Wow. That's awesome. I've never heard of CapCut or Life Lapse and those sound amazing. And I love the idea of just keeping it on your phone because I think a lot of us are just doing that on our phone nowadays. And especially if it's a solopreneur running a business, like you don't necessarily have like the capability to use a DSLR or something like that. So those are some great apps. We'll put those in the show notes for everybody, links to them so you can check them out. All right. So I just want to, before we get into a couple of hot seat questions, I just want to check in with you and see like, what are you working on right now? Do you have any fun projects? Do you have anything you want to share with our audience that they can get involved with? Yeah. So actually I just launched a new client today. It's called MindRight and they sell these amazing bars that kind of help with your mood and your energy and they're very much like a brain boosting sort of product and they have really great flavors. So we actually just launched them today. So I'm super, super excited about that. That's been a long, long time coming. (laughs) So excited to get those off the ground. And then, yeah, I actually have just been working on my YouTube video or my YouTube channel where basically I'm taking all of my learnings that, you know, I do on a daily basis and kind of breaking them down for new people who are getting within the ad creative space and just basically sharing all of my tips and tricks on how to make ad creative on my YouTube channel. Awesome. So we're going to link to, and we'll circle back after the hot seat questions with some links where people can find you online if they want to check you out or follow your YouTube channel or actually become a client of yours. But I just want to get into a couple of hot seat questions because we have a few minutes left. So tell me what's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine? Working out. (laughs) I for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. I don't have time. I feel like throughout the day and I have made it like a really firm time at 7am that I have to get up and work out every day so that, you know, it just, it helps my mood. It makes me feel good to start my day. And 
really it's like either, you know, like I go on a walk for an hour or I just do like a quick 30 minute workout, but that is like a non-negotiable for me. Like I have to get that done in the day. Yeah. That's such a major entrepreneur hack. I'm off of workouts right now because I hurt my back, but it does make such a big difference in stress levels throughout the day. So I can definitely attest that's a good one. So what's your favorite business book that you've ever read? Ooh, that's a tough one. I actually just read this one. It's called Better and Fast. The writer's name is Jeremy something. I can't remember his name. <laughs> but basically the novel's called Better and Fast, but it was a great read. I feel like a lot of people who are trying to kind of figure out like any sort of like entrepreneur, you know, ship type thoughts or there's so many ideas I feel like as an entrepreneur that goes through your head and a lot of times like you like there's just so much that happens and I feel like you have to kind of slow down and take all those steps like slowly and you can't like what is it like the term like walk before you run or something like that Mm -hmm. I don't remember like the term but basically like you have to take these baby steps in order to like get to where you want to go and so this was just a really good book to kind of like you can be better, but you can also like slow down, but then also like kind of slow down your thought process to have like faster thought processes, like as you kind of move through your, your business. It's, it's a great book. Cool. Yeah. It sounds neat. I'll definitely link to that in the show notes and I'm going to check that one out for sure. Um, so our last question is if you had an extra thousand dollars in your business, what would you spend it on? Oh my gosh. I would actually spend it on someone to run my social media for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm terrible at it. And I feel like I'm so busy trying to help everybody else that like, I have a hard time helping myself. (laughs) There's just like not enough. Yeah. There's just not enough hours in the day to like do all the things that I need to do. So I would love to just pay someone to help me with that. (laughs) That's always the way, like, I don't know. I just find it easier to do like (laughs) social media for my business than for myself personally. It's just like a whole nother (laughs) ball of yarn for that one. Yeah. No, that's such a good one. That would take probably a lot of stress off your plate too, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So if people want to connect with you online or maybe talk to you about becoming a client, where can they find you? What are the best places to connect with you? Yeah. So honestly, Twitter is great. My handle is it's loft three, two, five, and really my website, the loft three, two, five. So I have business, you know, inquiries on there. So if you ever are looking to get in touch with me, those are always really great to kind of go through those two avenues because I'm, I'm just always on those two platforms. Awesome. That sounds great. So we'll put all of Lauren's links in the show notes so you can connect with her and follow her on Twitter as well as on Instagram and her website page. Thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing your knowledge with our audience. I definitely learned a lot about creating more impactful ads from you. And I can't wait for everybody to action everything that you've talked about in this episode. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.